Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Hello, welcome to another episode of Matt and Judd's Hockey Adventure on Trade Deadline Day. And what a day it was in Minnesota with all the trades. The franchise has been changed forever with Mike Riley being traded to the Montreal Canadiens for a conditional fifth-round pick. Uh, what a hey, move. Matthew, what's going on? Oh, I'm sorry. I just fell asleep. <laughs> what happened today? I, uh, I didn't hear. I've been I've been sound asleep since the, the wild promise they'd be doing nothing at the deadline. Other teams made trades, Judd, yes. but the Minnesota Wild did not. And on our pre-deadline podcast, Judd, you expected the Wild to stand pat and not do a whole lot. And you were exactly right. They did nothing. I threw out there a few different ideas just for fun, and uh, none of them came to fruition. Ryan McDonough, who was my kind of fun idea, he ends up with the Tampa Bay Lightning. We can talk about the impact on that on this race for the Stanley Cup. But let me get to something first before we talk about everybody else's trade. So I went to the wild game last night, and they get down to nothing, and you think, well, this is not great. For a team that's been pretty hot, they're down to nothing here at home right off the bat. Not a great situation. And a furious comeback. They dominate the second and third period. They score with just seconds remaining in overtime. A beautiful pass uh, from Jason Zucker setting that up. And the Wild have been rolling of late, and they've moved themselves into a playoff spot as opposed to battling for a wild card spot. Uh, has your mind changed at all? I know you have been very skeptical of this team. Has your mind changed at all since they have played well through this last stretch? Um, no, it, it has not. And here's why I have to see this for a long period of time to believe it. And the thing with this wild team, and this goes, this goes back pre Boudreaux. I mean, this goes back to Mike. Yell. this is a team that when it's up against something playoff spot, you know, disappearing trade deadline, Matthew always seems to excel. And so what I want to see is I, I want to see this team for a very extended period of time, play like they have for the past four or five games. Um, but if you recall that the five game homestand that they completed a week and a half ago or so now, they lost on a Thursday night in regulation of Washington. And then they came back in an afternoon overtime game against the Ducks that they lost. And once again, Boudreaux had to defend them. And, and then they go on this three game uh, trip in which they played the Islanders, the Devils and Rangers. And, and we were all saying, OK, boys, you know what? You're in, you're in jeopardy here, you know, potentially falling out of a playoff spot. And in typical wild fashion, they won all three games and then came back and beat the Sharks on Sunday at home. I need to see this style of play, and I need to see this effectiveness for a long period of time, especially now that the deadline has passed. I am very curious 
And since it's going to essentially be the roster that we're watching right now to see if this can be carried on for a weeks and potentially months and not just for a spurt of time. Uh, my thought coming away from last night was, yes, you had a furious comeback and it was really exciting, but you also had to make a furious comeback. And a lot of times in the playoffs, if you get down two goals early, uh, yes, we do hear all the time about it's the most dangerous lead in hockey and things like that. But usually the team that gets up to nothing in the playoffs is the team that comes out with the win and they don't play just defensive on their heels slow hockey as the sharks did you're probably playing a better team than the san jose sharks so i think are very flawed they made uh, a big trade today but not one that i think changes who they really are which is a very it's a flawed team that was really good a couple years ago and lost a lot of the players that drove them or the players that drove them got old like joe thornton and pat uh, joe pavelski had a really bad game against the wild last night uh, but my thought on them is I do think they are getting closer to what they were last year in part because the whole roster is here now that they are healthy early in the season. They missed Niederreiter for a good chunk of time. Parisi was gone the whole time and other players seem to intermittently get hurt. Like Mikel Granlund sputtered from the beginning of the season, trying to come back from an injury and now they are back to full health and Brodeen coming back soon, which they really need. Um, so that means to me, Judd, that this team could be competitive. But yep. when it comes to the playoffs, they are a hard team to trust. But one thing that you and I both noticed from last night is having Eric Stahl play with Jason Zucker and Mikel Granlund, just basically putting the three best players on one line, uh, is working out really well and does make them a little more dangerous to have that line than they have been before. Yeah, and uh, the last two games, so the game on Friday night against the Rangers at the Garden and then last night against the Sharks, this is the Granlund that we know exists, right? I mean, he is, these last six periods of hockey, he has looked like an all-star player. This is the guy that we saw play in the Sochi Olympic Games. This is the guy that, that I think we saw quite a, a bit of in fairness to him last season. And I think it's this simple. Eric Stahl is a 33-year-old who can still really skate and who can make plays. And Granlin now has the ability to finish if he needs to. But, you know, when you put Miko Koivu with Zucker and Granlin, it worked a year ago. And I don't know if Miko has now lost another step or what, but it just appears that Granlin has too much on his plate trying to make up for Koivu's deficiencies, for lack of a better term, when he plays with him. And now with Stahl, he looks fantastic. So I think they have found something. And although I don't expect this line to be as good as they've been the past two games, I'm sure there will be some struggles and trials and tribulations. If I'm Boudreaux, I don't break them up because this is the Grand. If you can get this Granlin let's just say three games out of every five or something, you take it because this is the guy who we all know exists. And this is the guy that when he's not playing like he has been these past two games drives us crazy because the talent is there. And with Eric Stahl, it's coming up. He blew me away last night, Mikel Granlin. There were oh, I know. He's great. several offensive zone entries where it was basically one on two and he just split both guys and got a shot right in front of the net. 
a couple of different times. It wasn't just once. If you do it once, that's pretty impressive, but he they could not stop him at all when he was entering the offensive zone. Stahl had a great game. There were a couple of scoring chances. Uh, Granlin was lifting guys' sticks and taking the puck, and then, of course, uh, Zucker had a few scoring chances as well and set up the game-winning goal. Now, here's a number for you, Judd. 229 minutes Eric Stahl has played with Jason Zucker. Okay, 229 mm-hmm. minutes. They have outscored opponents 17-8 to eight during that time, and they have outshot opponents 156-115, to 115, which is complete and utter domination. If this line is going to play like this uh, all the time, which is hard to sustain dominating that at that level. Correct. They, but those are numbers that you should have with a true number one line. Like that's if you are one of the better teams in the league, your top line puts up numbers like that where you yep. dominate the shots, you dominate the, the the goal scoring, and then you are dangerous in the playoffs. So over this next stretch, that's what I'm going to be looking for closely: is how does Eric Stahl continue to play with Zucker and Granlund, and can they dominate the same way they have recently? Because at at that point, I think that they are a much more interesting and a much more dangerous team buying into them in the playoffs is just going to be really tough and today they didn't do anything to really improve the supporting cast i I mean that was the one thing i thought was possible was could you add one more player to the mix on either the, the the front or the back end and they didn't do that i guess i'm a little surprised they didn't find a guy just somebody Tommy Wingles got traded. Like what? You know, just one other person to add well, to the depth. Keep, keep in mind that they've cleared. Uh, they've cleared a bit of cap space in the past two days. Chris Sturt was placed on waivers on Sunday and claimed by the Calgary Flames today. And now with with Riley traded to Montreal, your help is coming. His name is Jordan Greenway. He's six foot six. He's a top six forward without question. And uh, I, I think he's almost certainly going to sign and be put on the roster for the playoffs as well when uh, when BU's season comes to an end. So I really think that that's the anticipated move. He was a second-round pick in 2015, played on, on the Olympic team. He was one of the four college kids uh, to play in South Korea, Matthew. And this is the guy, I think, who is going to be be their addition. But I'm fine with no, no moves because of what you just said. I don't completely buy into this team at all. And so I think to go out and make a splash move. Now, if you had traded uh, Charlie Coyle for somebody, that's fine. But if you were going to go out and make a trade with, let's say, a club that was trying to dump the Rangers, for instance, they were going to want Charlie Coyle and draft picks or a prospect. If I'm the wild, I say no way. So, so what I basically, if I'm Chuck Fletcher, I tell this team, you are who you are. Uh, Boudreaux's a good coach. Show us what you can do. Greenway is probably going to sign. But after the Hansel trade of a year ago and all the prospects and draft picks, uh, especially draft picks that, that Fletcher has traded through the years, I have no problem with standing pat. And it's partially because I don't buy into this team. And I don't think that adding a guy in, in a trade was, was going to put you over the top. So I say when the season is done for uh, Boston University, go sign Greenway, add him, start scratching Felino or Ennis on a nightly basis. Mm-hmm. I don't care which one. Take your pick, but please scratch one of them and do it consistently. Uh, promote Greenway to a top six f- forward and go to it because I just don't – I didn't see the upside in giving away 
more potential future assets for a playoff run that I think is probably in reality, despite the way they're playing right now, probably a long shot. So let's say that Jordan Greenway comes up and I like the way he played in the Olympics. I didn't like the way many people played in the Olympics, but I did like the way Jordan Greenway played. Uh, So let's say he's up and he's playing like third line, fourth line wing. He's a big guy. So he can play that sort of role. Uh, Where do they sit now in terms of, having the best chance to win the Stanley cup because I, I will, or let's not even say win. let's just say to get there because win is a whole different story. Yeah. Let's, get, let's get just, the Western conference. Let's just go team by team and compare them to where sure. they stand in the Western conference. I'm just going to throw out the teams that aren't competitive at all. And I almost want to throw out the blues, but I'll still include the blues in this. Let's, <laughs> let's start there. They trade Paul Stastny away today, which was a really surprising move. They've lost six in a row, but they are the team that beat you in the playoffs last year. Uh, just give me a yay or nay on is this team better or worse than the wild or better than yes, the sir. wild? Okay. So we'll start with the blues. What do you think? Nay, I think. I'm, I'm at nay, I think, that. too. Yeah, I'm not positive, but but here here's the in- interesting thing. Unless I'm missing something here, they got draft picks and a prospect from the Jets for Stasny. So are they just bailing out? That's what I don't know because I mean they like should be a team that would add here, right? I mean they they can't yes. score. Their power play is bad, but they have a really good defensive team. You would have thought after they made that big move to get Braden Shen that that's what they would have done. They started off as one of the hottest teams in the league. Right. So it, so I can't figure that one out. A bump in the road and then they trade away Stastny to a team in the division is very bizarre and a bad move, I think. So I would go the Wild are better than the Blues. We both agree. Nay, then. Okay. Dallas Stars. No, the answer is, yeah, yeah, the answer is nay. Okay, go ahead. Yep, the, the answer on St. Louis was nay. Dallas Stars. I actually like a lot. I'm going to say yay on the Dallas Stars. I think if they they meet in the playoffs, I think Dallas beats the Wild. I am going to go uh, yay as well. I also think that they are better because of Alexander J. Radulov, who is their leading scorer this year in points. Tyler Sagan has over 30 goals this year. That adding him to the mix made them a really great team. overall team as opposed to just having two players dominate and then they've got a guy who you should keep an eye on his name is radic foxa a former first round pick i think or a second round pick i think he was a first rounder who has become a really excellent role player for them a two-way center and he's become maybe their best defensive center having those things as he's grown and then adding radulov to the superstar megastar talent of sagan and ben with a good goaltender now in Ben Bishop and Kari Lettinen playing better, a coach that knows how to coach uh, the defensive side of the game. I would agree that they're a, they're a team you could see in the playoffs being extremely dangerous. It, it, I think power play has hurt them a little bit this year. It hasn't been good, but they have a better goal differential than the Wild. I would agree with that. Um, the ne- Can I just bunch the next two because I think it's obvious, the Jets sure. and the Predators? Y- yay, yay. Yay and very much yay, especially after the today. Especially. Uh, but adding Paul Stasty to a Winnipeg Jets team that is already stacked and leads the entire conference uh, in goal or the entire division in goal scoring, 
I mean, the, the, these teams are very good and very stacked. And the Predators making the move they did to get Kyle Turris, they didn't do anything at the deadline, but they got Turris earlier this year to fill out their team. They're number one in goals against in the NHL. They're top 10 in goals score. They're top 10 in power play, top 10 in penalty kill. And P.K. Subban is playing at his absolute best this year. So they're, those two teams are on a different level. Um, what do you think of the Vegas Golden Knights as far as are they better than the Wild? Oh, you know what? This is a really tough one. I'm really torn here. I mean, it's a great story. They've had a great season. They have they have potentially set the expectation for all, all future expansion franchises at such a height that those teams are going to be screwed, N- namely when Seattle gets a team. I'm not sold on them in the playoffs, though. I'm really – I just – there's something about their uh, – when, when you have a season like this, and I'm not e- even talking expansion teams. I mean, I've seen teams have great years before, and then they get to the playoffs, and it sort of comes apart. Um so I guess my natural inclination would be, yay, they are. If they were to meet in the playoffs, the Wild would beat them. But that being said, I'm really sold big time on Nashville and the Jets. I don't think I'm as sold on the Golden Knights. I think it's a great story, but I'm a little bit skeptical. I am skeptical as well, but, man, they are really playing well. It's not just like they're hanging around. Uh, I mean, they've got all sorts of scoring, especially they're second in the NHL in goals per game. Uh, they found a lot of guys that were either diamonds in the rough or or just straight up robbed Florida of very good players. Jonathan Marcheseau is, that was, is just madness. Fault. They're idiots. Yeah, just complete, complete madness. And, and I heard uh, from someone that they tried to go all in on analytics but didn't give it any time whatsoever they gave it like a half a year and then completely bailed. And then they went all non analytics. So they moved the analytics people over to kind of the business side to figure out how they can make some money. And then they got rid of players who the analytics said were really good, like Jonathan Marcia. So, and now he's their leading scorer. And they also let Riley Smith go. Who's a pretty solid player. Uh, you know, this isn't your average expansion team because they've come away nope. with some really excellent talent here. I mean, David Perron, James Neal, those are good players. And a guy that I'm happy for on that team, Judd, is Eric Howla, who I always thought was a very good player for the Wild, a very valuable player for the Wild. He's got 22 goals this year. But, I mean, I tend to agree with you. I think it would be a really good series because both of these teams are great at home and both of them play uh, an up-tempo style. They both score a lot of goals. I mean, I, I think that would be really exciting. I would tend to lean a little more toward the Golden Knights because they have a great goal differential and overall have been uh, – they're, they're a very deep team and they have been so excellent. And I think they also have really good defensemen um, that would help them. But they kind of be like the two teams looking in the mirror a little bit because neither has that big mega star player. An, I, I, I guess my thought, my, my thought is this. If the Wild played the Golden Knights – I think you're talking about a long series. Yes, yes. If you play Nashville or the Jets, you are going to get the living heck beat out of you quickly. And I don't mean that like the scores are, are going to be uh, super lopsided. I mean they are physically going to beat you up. And I think you're talking probably five-game series. I think against the Golden Knights, you're talking six or seven games. And and so the Predators or Jets, I just think physically, especially the Jets with Bufflin and that team, because that's a big, strong team, I think the Jets would beat you up. I think the Golden Knights and what Wild would probably be the most compelling and fun series 
And if you stretched it out for six or seven, it's winnable. Um, but teams like the Golden Knights just scare me because I've seen this before so many times where teams have these great seasons and it's a great story and mm-hmm. they get to the playoffs and they get eliminated. It was the Sharks for a long time that that, that yep, seemed to always right. happen to. With the with both Winnipeg and Nashville, I think they're on a different level because they just have the superstar talent. Not only are they deep, but when it comes to Philip Forsberg or P.K. Subban, both of those players are better than any player you have. And mm-hmm. and that makes it tough when they also have the depth. And, and, the- and this, too. This stall line is fantastic, but guess what? In any playoff series against a defensively responsible team, that line's going to get shut down, which means that Boudreaux's going to break that, that line up. Okay, now you move Granlund back with Koivu. You've got the same problem, which is you've taken Granlund away from a guy in stall who's a very good player, and you put him with, with a guy who should be a third-line center but is your, your second-line guy, and you got problems again. The uh, the Jets, by the way, uh, speaking of that superstar talent, Blake Wheeler. Shout out to Blake Wheeler. There's a Minnesotan for you who's having a great year. I told you my story, points. right? I told you my my that, Blake my Blake Wheeler claim to fame story. That you're basically best friends with him, right? I did a story on Blake Wheeler when, when I was at the Star Tribune, and he was playing high school hockey at Breck High School. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And his mom drove him down to the Caribou by the Star Tribune to talk <laughs> to me. She said, where do you want me to bring my son so you can do a feature story? And she brought him down, and I think she sat there with a book and read her book while I talked to young Blake Wheeler, <laughs> and now he's an NHL star. Yeah, yeah, 72 points in 62 games. He has had a phenomenal year. And, and, and the, the thing with this team is they have – not just one. They have about four players who are better than anyone on the wild, and that's what makes it really tough. Wheeler, Patrick Laine is 31 goals already. Shifley, to me, is a true number one center and elite player, and maybe you would put Dustin Bufflin in that category as well from a defenseman that has 34 points in 50 games and is a monster when he feels like it. And, uh, you know, I think in the playoffs he'll probably even step his game up. So, the, And they're a deep team, and they improved even more with Paul Stastny, another team that's finally getting goals. And I guess we owe Paul Maurice an apology for criticizing yes, him. He deserved the criticism. Let me say that, that his record had not been very good with teams that probably should have achieved more. But they have stacked so much talent on that team that they're having a great year and they're they're in the top in goals for and against. Now, the team that's really interesting to me, because I don't respect the Sharks a lot, even though they just got Evander Kane. Anaheim, to me, is interesting, though, Judd, because Anaheim was missing Ryan Getzlaff and Ryan Kessler and Hampus Lindholm early in the year. Yes, they had tons of injuries. Now they've got Getzlaff back. He's over a point per game. I mean, they've got everybody back now, and... Kessler, we know when it gets into the playoffs, Ryan Kessler is an animal. So how do you grade that team against the Wild? In a playoff series, I like the Ducks because they're so tough. Mm-hmm. See, that that's the thing, and this, this might not be fair, but I'm sorry. After years of watching this team, I always come back to it. I don't think the Wild has a playoff roster. And this is why I don't. I did not want. Uh, did not think that the Fletcher should add like just a cursory piece or two to it. I don't look at the Wild and say that that they're a tough out, right? Like I look at the Ducks and I say, if you get the Ducks to the playoffs, I think they're potentially a tough out. Uh, I look at the Wild roster and and I see a team that's popped up now. But I mean, you still have to take this team for the last four years or so and look at, at it. 
And I don't see a team that really stacks up playoff wise. And it doesn't mean that Dubnik can't get hot for a series, but I mean, I don't see Dubnik carrying you through two rounds. I don't see a defensive core that, that blows me away, certainly for the playoffs. And so whenever we talk about that upper echelon Western conference teams and compare them to the wild. And I think about a playoff series where it could go six or seven games. And I think about the fact that you then employ strategies. I mean, all you need to do, in my opinion, is this. Look at what Yo and the Blues did last year to, to the Wild in the playoffs because it's instructive and important. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, you don't go out in a playoff series and just, you know, drop the puck and say, let's see what, what happens tonight. In a playoff series, you've got strategy. And and if you've got big defensemen, guess what? The Wild's in trouble. And so, so when we're talking about the tougher teams in the Western Conference playing the Wild, I don't think the Wild is skilled enough to beat those teams, and they certainly aren't physical enough to beat those teams, Matthew. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with how tough the Ducks get in, in the playoffs, and especially if Ryan Getzlaff is playing at the top of his game. He can dominate, and them getting Adam Henrique was a, a big move for the Ducks. The dark horse team that I have that I think would beat the Wild in a playoff series and might be very dangerous when it comes to the playoffs is the Los Angeles Kings. They have been a a pretty mediocre team. They got off to a hot start, and they were toward the top of the division, and then they struggled, and they haven't really scored as as well as they uh, maybe did early in the season. But they are third in goals against. Jonathan Quick is playing very well, and especially uh, Anze Kopitar. Dustin Brown has bounced back. Drew Doughty is having an, an amazing year this year. Their superstar talent is so high, and the way that they can play defensively and shut people down, I think that they become a team that you get nervous about it if you're going to face off with them. Oh, yeah. I mean, definitely. And so so basically, when, when we're going down, this is the problem, Matthew. When we're going down this entire list of teams, um, if you played St. Louis, given where they're at right now, I like the Wilds' chances. Besides that, San Jose, again, I like their chances. The Golden Knights, I think, is a good series, but it's a toss-up. And beyond that, I think it's tough. I think it's going to be really tough. And this is why I said, I think your best chance here now is to have these kids start to come into the organization or on on your National Hockey League roster and contribute, which is Greenway, uh, Cunning, who I think should be back up here right now. I would get him back up here, and I would play him. And, And so... As long as you're going to play guys like Felino, Ennis, and that type of player, I don't see the upside there. And we've talked about this a thousand times, so we don't need to beat this dead horse. But you know what? I think that there's some good young talent coming up, and those are the players I think give you the best chance. I think what they would have to have to beat some of these teams, and this is where I do not see them being able to beat Nashville or uh, being able to beat uh, Winnipeg because they're deep. But they have to have everybody playing at a high level at the same time. They can't have last year where you get into the playoffs and they're struggling on their way into the playoffs. And then uh, you have half the team not really show up in a playoff series. And that's what they've gone through for years. I mean, I was talking with someone about Jason Zucker and look, I mean, I really like Jason Zucker as a player on this team. I, I really like how he fits in. He's extremely fast. He's a scorer. Uh, He's got great hands and great offensive instincts, but uh, he has eight points in 26 playoff games. I mean, that, that, that makes you 
sort of hesitate about a lot of these guys on the team when you look at their playoff histories and how little success a lot of them have had. It's like, you know, you get maybe one game here or there out of somebody, but that's about it. And that's what uh, really frustrates you about this team. And maybe it, I always leave the door open for Bruce Boudreaux because I think he is a fantastic coach at, mm-hmm. the, at the very top of the league as far as coaches go. Uh, but it is hard to believe that this team is going to be able to get over the top unless you have some of that youth. Now, if they were to bring the kid over from Russia, who looked great, I mean really great in the oh, gold medal game. He's fantastic. If you can bring him over and you can have Greenway and you can have Cunnin. Oh, yeah, that is a different ballgame. Now we're talking about a little bit of a different a different look because I like some of the things I saw. And Erickson Eck is finally starting to pick up his game. Now all of a sudden, then maybe the conversation changes. If it's just the same old, same old, then you're going to have a tough time. But if some of these kids can change the game a little bit and fill in the roles where the, the gaps are, like playing for Tyler Ennis, who three or four times last night got the puck behind the net, stick handled, I'm, stick handled, I, and then someone yeah. took it away from him. Yep. I mean, that's, yeah. his, that's his last five years in a nutshell. Gets the puck, stick handle, stick handle, someone takes it away, goes the other way. Um, he and he and Foligno should, be, should alternate scratches on a game-by-game basis. It's that simple. And I would also like to say... Goodbye, Chris Stewart. That's oh yeah, all. and yep, yep. Well, you called that one. What eight goals, right? I'm... Eight goals, and I think he scored mo- most of them in, in the first month. Uh, so the deal with the kid from Russia, Kaprizov, who's a fantastic player, fifth round pick in 2015. He's 20 years old. The issue with, with him, because I've been asked this question a bunch, uh, the issue with him is he signed a contract with a team in the KHL. Through the 2019-20 season, oh. that means 2020-21 is the earliest he can play. The issue is this: he can't be bought out of his contract without 18 months prior notice. So Ooh. it's not going to happen. There's no exchange deal between the National Hockey League and the KHL. Mm-hmm. The only the only good news is that because of that, he unless he's traded by the Wild will stay under their rights so they won't lose him. as Because if this was a deal, like he, he was in the States and not playing for, for them, his rights to the with the Wild would lapse. So he's going to remain uh, property of the Wild while in, in the KHL. But I believe the age I saw, the earliest he can debut in Minnesota would be the uh, age of 23. So it's going to be a while. I will say this. I think it's worth the wait, though, because what we saw from this kid uh, a year ago in the World Juniors and recently in the Olympics, he looks like he is a fantastic talent. I uh, totally agree with that, and maybe that's why he was a fifth-round pick is just the complications there. But if I were the Wild, I would be trying to call them and say in Russian, however it said, hey, what if we gave you one million dollars to give us this player i mean really hey, right like do it Leopold's what if we, you might do it he's a fan what if we bought you a very impressive steak that was very delicious and you could eat it and then we could have our russian player i mean maybe i'm just saying that maybe there's a deal to be made to buy him out of that contract or to work his way out of it but you if it doesn't happen, at least it gives you something to look forward to for this team possibly adding that top-end score. Uh, on Chris Stewart, let me help you with the uh, goal totals. In October, he scored six goals in 10 games. 
In November, he scored one in 14. In December, he scored one in 13. In January, he scored zero and had zero points. And in February, he scored one very memorable and exciting goal in three games. And that was it. Uh, Chris Stewart, a guy that I want to support because he's got great hands and he can really score sometimes if he gets a, if he gets a chance he, he can make exciting plays and he stepped up and added some toughness at times but just not an all-around player and we talked about it through last year that even as a role player he doesn't really fit because he doesn't do the things that you need him to do as a role player that inconsistencies in in his effort and things like that there is a reason he has gone from Colorado to St. Louis to Buffalo, back to St. Louis to Minnesota to Anaheim, and then to Minnesota again. That all those teams have decided to move on from him, uh, but I, is, th- I think they're better for it. He is a dominant power forward in this league, and we've talked about this before. Circa 1986. Oh, it's yeah. that simple. Yep. Yep. It's that simple. I mean, this game, and and you've seen this, and I. I hate to say this, but I believe it to be true with Parisi now. And and this could be that, that Zach is just really rusty and needs a training camp. But in, in watching that game against the Sharks on Sunday, Matthew, I think what you see is this. This game is so fast now and so skilled. Parisi actually right now, I think, is putting himself in position to make plays. Unfortunately, he is a tick too late to all plays. Mm-hmm. And, and Koivu is the same way. And if you go back 20 years, 25 years these guys would be they'd come back from injuries and be absolutely fine but basically and i think this started if i'm not not mistaken to generalize a little bit this started um post lockout after the lost season when a bunch of veterans tried to come back and immediately retired because this game now is so fast that if you are a split second not a second a split second behind things you're in position to make a play that's already been made and or gone. Yep. And so, and, and in watching Zach, I mean, Zach Parisi is playing like he always has, but right now he's just a tad too late to make plays that, that previously a year or two or three, certainly he always made. Okay. Before we wrap up, just a shout out to the United States of America, women's hockey Olympic oh. team fantastic played one of the greatest hockey games that i have ever personally watched and the ending that move was outrageous the move to uh to win the golden goal there and uh just every time usa and canada women play it's the best hockey i've ever seen they break out of their zones they make smart plays they play physical and they clearly have incredible skill in the shootout i mean everything is the absolute best with those teams and we are lucky anytime we get a chance to see them play hockey oh the skill level is so high and they're so good and and i will say this Shame on all of you people who I saw on Twitter on Saturday night as Germany played OAR saying, this is redeeming the men's tournament. This is a great game. Folks, that goaltending in that game at times was incompetent. The women's game had marvelous goaltending. So for any of you that watched that men's game, if you didn't watch the women's gold medal game and you thought, oh, this men's gold medal game is fantastic, it was sort of it was fun to watch because it wasn't great, but it had some moments certainly, but the women's game, if you wanted skill and really competent play Canada and the U S is 
fantastic hockey. Yep, and uh, if anybody watched the girls' tournament uh, for the, the state championships here, you saw the next wave of U.S. Olympians with uh, an amazing level of hockey there. So that was a, a great event as well. So awesome hockey coming out of Minnesota, and I hope to see those two teams. I know sometimes they do tours and things like that, that they'll they'll play a bunch of exhibition games and they play them like crazy. So I, I hope they come back to the X and do it again and we don't have to wait four years for, for that level of hockey from USA and Canada. So, all right, Judd, one, one last thing, last, last, last thing. Do you have a, uh, any other trades that you wanted to comment on that were made at the deadline? Thomas Vanek shipped from Vancouver to Columbus. Love it. So since he left Minnesota, <laughs> so he was Buffalo, Montreal. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. Buffalo, New York. Islanders. Yep, New York. Islanders. Montreal, and by the way, the Islanders offered him like eight years and he didn't take it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Montreal, where I think he got benched or demoted to, to the fourth line. Minnesota um, got bought out by the Wild, went to Detroit. Then he went to, if I'm not mistaken, Florida and was pulling down paychecks from three teams at one point last year. Then he went to Vancouver. So we're on team seven. Columbus is team number eight. Love for it. Thomas Vanek. Thomas Vanek is going to go save the day for Torts. Do you know how Torts is going to react when he sees Vanek's act? Man. Well, I um, think it's actually a good move for uh, Columbus, though, because uh, they have a really good setup there, and you don't want to give up long-term things because they are in good shape. So they just kind of got the best rental that they could get, uh, I think, with Vanek. But it is amazing how someone gets convinced every year that oh. Thomas Vanek is the piece that they need, and that is never the case. But I hey. still like Thomas. I will I will defend him. I, I know well, that Minnesotans right ahead, do not I like won't. him. I will defend him. Uh, so what, what do, you, do you think of the trades made uh, today, or if, if we include the, uh, the Nash trade from the Rangers to Boston, what do you think is the trade that, uh, that changes things as far as the playoff race and our Stanley Cup contention in the East or West, Matthew? McDonough to Tampa Bay. It makes them the clear-cut Stanley Cup favorite. And not only that, but the fact that they got J.T. Miller as well. I mean, I don't know that people understand that J.T. Miller is a really good player. He's a good two-way winger. He's got great speed, and he can score. I mean, that's a that's a guy that any team would be happy to have. And getting him away from the Rangers surprises me. Uh, the fact that they were able to to get him away, I, I guess that means the Rangers are going to stick with Kevin Hayes instead. But uh, to get him and then Ryan McDonough, 28-year-old, top-tier defenseman, not on the same level as Victor Hedman, but you add him to Sergachev and you add him to uh, Hedman and you have an unbelievable defense to go along with your outrageously good uh, forward group. If you are the Illich family... You very quietly right now call Stevie Eisenman and you say, Stevie, how many pizza joints, Little Caesars do you want? <laughs> because we want you to come back and run our – you come home to Detroit, run the Red Wings. Steve Eisenman has proven to be a marvelous executive. Uh, yes, and the fact that he was able to get something as much as he did, Sergachev, from the Montreal Canadiens – who just get robbed constantly. Oh, Mark uh, Bergerman's really, well, I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, Edmonton and Montreal, just what are you doing? And the fact that Carlson wasn't traded either. I mean, okay, so good luck re-signing him if he doesn't want to be there. Um, and, and so so Pacioretty stays in Montreal, correct? Yeah. 
And then Placanitz gets traded on, I believe, Sunday to Toronto. Yeah, and that's you know he's a free agent, so that's not a huge right. deal. But it really, it really blows me away some of the trades that they've made. And Steve Eiserman is right there to take advantage of you. He's one of those guys. If you if you're the GM on the other side of the phone and your phone rings, you pick it up. Oh, hello, who's this? Oh, this is Steve Eiserman. Hang up, like because you have a good it's chance Belichick. that you are going to get robbed. It's by, Belichick. Yeah, that's it. You don't deal with him. Do not deal with Steve Eiserman because he is a wizard and he makes another phenomenal trade. I think Tampa Bay should be, if it was a Tampa Bay and Nashville Stanley Cup final, that would be unbelievably great. So, yeah, it would be fun. All right. I like it. There you go. Okay. Well, that's been, that's, uh, all, I got that's all I got. That's it. End of story. So uh, we'll be back with more wild talk on a weekly basis. Now that uh, the football season is, is in the off season. Uh, but if you are a Vikings fan, you're not aware of it. Check out the purple podcast as well. And we will catch you later on Matt and Judd's hockey adventure. Bye.